Welcome to the Living Rooted Podcast. This season, we're diving into powerful truths from Scripture and sharing stories that help to unveil the lies and false agreements that keep many of us from living loved and loving others well. Join us on a transformative journey as we explore what it means to live rooted in God's love. Welcome, friends, to the Living Rooted Podcast. I'm Jason Tovey, and I'm here with my friend McKenna. McKenna is also the producer of this podcast, so I'm glad that she's with us. Hi, McKenna. Hi. <laughs> McKenna, why don't you tell everybody why you're excited about this podcast? Well, uh, I think I feel excited to be here just to create a space to talk about our experiences in life in an authentic way that isn't just assimilating with how culture might define emotional health right now. Mm. I hope that our conversations will empower people, awaken people, and really encourage them to show up to their lives. And I hope to show people that healing and wholeness are possible, but it does require action. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and I bring two really unique perspectives to the table. Yeah, what would yours be then? I think it's just from a place of passion and just from a lifetime pursuit of emotional and spiritual health throughout my life. But I think, you know, this is your life's work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think for me, you know, there's a lot of education, a lot of experience, but I think the idea of for me sharing in this podcast is I want to give away what I needed most. Um, for the longest time in my life, I didn't have a sense of who I am in Christ or God's affection for me. And so what I mm-hmm. want to do is spend all my days with as many people as possible, letting them know of the Father's affection for Him. And I have a lot of energy to give to that. Um, and I want to be able to share it as often as possible and as honestly or with authenticity. So I'm excited about this opportunity to work with you on this uh, podcast. You know, in all the years that you have been in ministry and in counseling, I think it'd be really neat to start out with Hmm. just pointing out what do you think is the single most important revelation Mm -hmm. you've discovered? Yeah, I think it's new for me in the last few years. Unfortunately and fortunately, I think the idea is that we, that means everyone, me and you and everyone that we love and know, everybody, we find our value and our worth or our identity based on who or what we look to to define ourselves. So like if it's not God the Father's love for us, we're gonna have we're gonna have great trouble and disillusionment, anxiety, depression, relationships, problems, and more. Um, that's every person. So your identity is almost it's gonna be built on who or what you look to to define you. So if I look to my job or if I look to my spouse or friends, my savings account, how that's going, if I look to that to determine my value and my worth, that makes that God and uh, it ain't big enough. These are thoughts that have started changing me the last 10 years, especially. I mean, what would it look like if you gave more of an illustration of that idea, like more specifically in a person's life. Sure. There's a handful that I, I share often in sessions with people. Um, I can, I'll let a few of them just kind of rip here. I mean, one idea I give often is suppose, uh, 
suppose a man was born in the 19 teens, which means as a preteen or coming to his teenage years, he suffers through the Great Depression. So maybe they eat like lard sandwiches, Crisco sandwiches. Sometimes they just miss meals altogether. I mean, during that time, it changed the world, including the United States. I know this was a long time ago, but maybe people remember their history. And so it marked them. It changes people. Um, and so that boy in time feels unsafe. And maybe like uh, something settles in on him, this idea like, I'm poor or I'll never have enough. Right? So that idea, if unchecked, if taking root, can dictate then forevermore how that person lives, how they engage other people, how they deal with money, how they handle their food, that they leave nothing to waste, hoarding, things like this can become a behavior, but it all starts from the belief. And it has to do with that boy's experience of his reality and how he defined himself in that world. That's one example. Or here's another example. Suppose like a 10-year-old boy's parents get divorced. The boy says of himself, um, it's my fault my parents got divorced. Is that true? Is it a boy's fault that a parents get, his parents get divorced? Of course not. Yeah. Good luck correcting it. So no one knows to draw that out of him. There's not in his mind. So maybe he starts with a belief at that age, you know, I'm responsible for others' lives or other people's emotions, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe mom and dad used to say to him, you're making me so angry right now. Okay, cool. So I'm responsible for your emotions and mine because you told me I came into your backyard and planted anger. So it's now my job to come to your backyard and um, de-weed that emotion. So a, a boy who lives with that his whole life, he becomes attuned incredibly to other people's emotions. But if you ask him how he's feeling or thinking, it'll be this. Um, I'm good. I'm good. So that is like belief that moves to behavior. If that idea is, is unchecked as well, it'll dictate how he lives every time. I think when we experience pain... Mm-hmm. Why do immediate like why do you think we immediately go into a place of assuming a lie about ourselves? Because we're built to identify with something. We're built to look to something to know who we are. We're designed, you mm-hmm. could say created is a mm-hmm. fine word. Or a lot of people used to teach like we're built to worship. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna look to something, you know. So oftentimes our best glimpse of God as a kid is our view of our parents. So I know we're built to look to God, but we're supposed to see our parents, our parents. Our parents are supposed to direct us to God with impressionable minds, with no abstract reasoning before the age of 13, 14, let's say. We come up with lots of ideas. We're built to come up with ideas. We just come up with some bad ideas, some bad assumptions yeah. or beliefs, and they become like gospel truth to us. So these experiences really shape our view of ourselves. So when we experience different circumstantial or relational wounds, like especially before the age of abstract reasoning, like I said, 13 or 14-ish, everything's about self. Maybe someone's parents said, hey, when you look at people, they, when we're meeting people, make sure you look at them in the eyes and, and make sure you really respect them. It's not like bad advice, but what if the child was born like incredibly melancholy or reclusive? Oh, okay, so to be good, I have to make sure other people feel good with me. And then it becomes, it becomes law in him. It becomes... Uh, a, a stronghold a counseling term of course would be agreement so based on our interpretation of events as kids often we take those to mean who we are and these interpretations can be called many things like i just said a second ago beliefs insecurities agreements maybe our more charismatic friends and listeners you know we'll call them strongholds that's a great word my more legalistic background we could call these insecurities or agreements rules to live by but they're like garbage rules yeah. <laughs> but they go unfounded. They go, or they go untested, I should say. 
because we think they're law. Can you see that as a reality in people's lives or your own life? Yeah, I mean, I think so much of adulthood is looking at your behavior, how you're interacting in your relationships, how you're responding to pain and the things that life throws at you. And you're looking at this surface layer, but the more you look at it, you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And you always are, the the further you're getting down, you're going into what you could call a root and you Mm -hmm. go back into these moments like that shaped you as a child. Mm -hmm. And it can be these really simple things that happened in a moment, or it could be really repetitive messages that were sent to you every time you had a need, if it was cast aside mm-hmm. or, Good. you know, maybe you're an oldest child and every time, you know, your siblings had a need, you were put in a position to fulfill those needs. There's all these dynamics and family that happen that shape us mm-hmm. and how we respond to things as we get older. So yeah, it's just, it's so it's so important to understand how we were shaped, how our heart was shaped, how our mind was shaped, because it really is why we respond to things and why we're interacting with the whole world the way that we are. You know, where I come from in the Midwest, especially if you come from a church background, and I'm pro-church, of course, but sometimes the message can be, we'll even grab a phrase from Paul, like forgetting what is behind and straining to what is forward. So some people use a passage like that to say, well, the past is the past. Like, stop blaming the past. Maybe more um, secular thought would be, well, doesn't time heal all wounds? Uh, I hate that one. (laughs) Right? Why? Because it's a lie. Not if the wound's deep enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think medicine heals wounds. So what would the right medicine be for emotional wounds, spiritual wounds? Not time. In fact, if a wound's deep enough, we all know this just physically, then like infection sets in. Maybe some of us have like spiritual, emotional, relational infection. Time's not going to touch that. In fact, over time with that wound not being checked, you're going to see some behaviors you don't like. But if you just try to manage the behaviors, you lose. Because Jesus says out of the heart comes the behavior. That's the belief center, right? Where the wounds are often or strongholds, agreements. We're all going to make agreements. It's just, are they good or bad? And so it's important to go to the past, to root around, to figure out what's good there and not so good, to work through it, to work through the past, to mm-hmm. move forward toward like a preferred future. Um, but you can see like, I don't dig that whole like time heals all those things. Yeah. No, it's garbage. Yeah. It hurts a lot of people. It actually puts guilt on people because they yeah. think to themselves, well, it's been 30 years. I should be healed by now. Mm. Well, not if you work through it. If you haven't worked through it, it should be right. as, probably it's today still as it was hanging, then. Yeah, it's still hanging yeah. around. Why am I it's the way It's not going I anywhere. I think, too, you can talk about healing and you can talk about health and wholeness or whatever term you want to use. Mm. But I think, I feel like so many uh, people, like there's, there isn't a lot of conversation culturally around actually just how daunting and scary it is to actually slow down and look at your past or to mm-hmm. actually slow down and feel with God, mm-hmm. to actually slow down and be honest about how you were affected, mm-hmm. to slow down and be honest about how you affected others sure. in your past. Sure. And it brings me to my next question of with what you just shared in mind, you know, I think a lot of what we want to do with this show is we don't want to just talk about things. We really do want to call people to a place of action. That'd be like, great. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we want to give people tools. Mm-hmm. And we want 
wholeness to be possible mm-hmm. and not this unattainable thing or this great thing to talk about mm-hmm. or like give them another book to put on their shelf. Mm-hmm. Like we want this mm-hmm. to affect their home. We want this to affect their marriages. Mm-hmm. We want this to affect their singleness, their friendships, mm-hmm. their relationships with their daughter, their relationships with their nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. with their co-workers, like their That's whole right. life in, yep. a, in huge ways. Yep. Um, and I think so much of that is calling them to action and giving them really practical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to know, you know, what would you want our listeners to consider in their own story in light of what we've been talking about in this episode? Yeah, that's fair. That's good. I think if, if we're willing, if, you know, you listeners are willing, you friends are willing, you need to get honest with yourself and really start thinking through listing literally or metaphorically. What are the wounds? I know it's painful. You might say, well, I don't want to feel all that pain again. You will. If it's a real wound, you'll feel it, especially if you haven't looked at it a long time. It might hurt, and you might feel depressed for a second, but we're trying to bring medicine to that. So what are the wounds? Or another way of doing it is what, are the, what beliefs of self do you hold on to because of what you experience? And it's okay to go back. And I, would try, I, challenge you to, you know, I challenge our listeners to go back, like, to try to think through before 14. You could say 16 if you'd like, but because our minds aren't really formed yet, how we evaluate the world around us, that's a really critical time to reconsider what were the wounds then and what did I believe about me because of those wounds. It could be a dad thing, mom thing, sibling, teacher, aunt and uncle. You, you hear what I'm saying? Like Anyone you've influenced or um, influenced you, I should say, that marked you or a circumstance, what are the wounds? So our wounds that we suffer as a young person like function as a messenger to our identity. So the wounds are the messenger, and what we believed is the message. The wounds are true. That's true. And some circles like minimize wounds. We don't want to do that together. We want to look at them honestly. We're not going to make them bigger than they are, but we're not going to minimize them either. That's disrespectful. The wounds are true, but the message that we might have believed from them or did believe from them are almost always a lie. And that's what we want to see rooted out. And then, of course, making an exchange in time with what the Father says. But we have to know what the Father says. We have to know what the wounds are. We have to address them. So there's a way of doing this that we have to be intentional about. So what are the false beliefs of self have been formed? That's the thing for us to work through after this episode. Living Rooted is more than just a podcast. It's an invitation to a transformed life rooted in the love of God. We hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and empowered to discover more about yourself and the Father's heart toward you. If you'd like to know more about Rooted to Live Ministries, visit rootedtolive.com. Follow us on Instagram for more resources. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.